Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hunt Podcast. This is episode 60. Looking forward to today's conversation as we wrap up uh, 1 John, the book of 1 John. Um, we've been talking about that for a few weeks now uh, and excited to kind of um, wrap it up with the culmination of chapter 5 um, and talking more about the truths that John relates to us. And so today we've got myself, Micah, if you didn't know who this was. Uh, we also have Garrett is here with us, and today we have a, a guest that is filling in for our uh, friend Christian, who is unable to be here today. This is not penal substitution, but this is just... Dustin substitution. Dustin substitution. We have our good friend go. Dustin Gosser back. Welcome, Dustin. We're glad to glad have to you. Glad to be back. Enjoyed it last time. Really looking forward to this time. Yeah. So uh, excited to have Dustin here with us today. It's always a good time uh, with him, and so... Um, Christian had some unforeseen circumstances come up with technology at uh, a place that he had no control over, so therefore he could not make it today. Uh, so, what a great and ambiguous way to play, put yeah, that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> you, it was you out told of his. What happened without revealing anything that I, happened? You like that? Uh, that's all I'm good for here on the podcast. I don't give much insight other than that. So, ambiguity must be my strength. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but. Okay. We're going to act like it's a good thing. Whatever you can go with, go with it. Yeah, there you go. I like that. (laughs) Well, I was going to say something, but we won't go into that. I was going to go back into some past podcasts we've done, but uh, it's about subjective truth, but it's all right. We'll go uh, move right ahead with First John. Um, Yeah, don't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, we don't want to get Garrett started on that. He's got kind of a time limit today. so we will end up postmodernism. Yeah, he'll end up being late to his next. So I finished American Gospel. We watched both of them. You watched the second one? Yeah, we watched both of them. What do you think of the second one? It's pretty good, man. Um, Both of them are incredible. Yeah, you've seen it too? Yeah, it's pretty pretty revealing of of the uh, American stance. The second one, I think, is more powerful than the first one i do as well but you know in talking with people that have watched them both i i think some of the things presented in the second one if you're not really really into yeah theology and and understanding it and diving in it can go over your head well the way that in the way they move back and forth in the second one like there's times when there's it's hard to follow like okay which one are they which side are they trying to support yeah and i know you've Uh, talked about even doing a study with your church yeah. Um, through that, and, and it's perfectly broken up into yeah. 10 segments mm-hmm. that, that, that you can digest a little mm-hmm. easier than sitting down and watching the full three hours yeah. at once. That's what we're going to do. You could even do it in next, actually. Of course, I don't know if you I'm trying to think of it's what three hours, so yeah, you could even do five weeks. Yeah, it. it's, it may do two points, and I, yeah. I mean, or I mean, I'm yeah. just thinking about ten I weeks. Can't is remember, a long is the first series. one broken down that way? It's, the first one's not broken down yeah, that way. I but it's to do the two first hours. One. Yeah, I think it's just two hours. Yeah. so you would have to find breaks at thirty minutes, probably. And yeah, and I it's kind of want a, to do the first one, taking on a different thing, one. but yeah. but they're both great. I will say, I didn't realize how like into theology I was until watching that. Same, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm way more into it than I thought. I've always been like, ah, well, yeah. And I'm I tried always, to find the balance of like. What sure. I like to say is that every human being practices theology; <clears throat> they just don't always realize. Yeah, it. well, yep. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, and sure. everyone's into it. It's you know, it's the existential question of life. <clears throat> mm-hmm. As long as there's been people able to think, there's been theology. I've always been, you know, drawn to that side of you know, just to really diving into the things that make you think, that make you ponder and yeah. wonder. And uh, man, I, you know, whenever I was sharing with you guys about the American Gospel. I was like, it's just a, it's just a really cool thing that that'll really make you think. And if you've not watched it, I encourage you to do so. Yeah, I uh, there was definitely a couple of the speakers in there that, for a, like a lot of the second half, 
or a lot of the second episode, I was like, bro, I don't, I don't even know where they stand. Like, because it would cut to them and doing some kind of yes, like ambiguous the that, clips. The guys that are doing the podcast. Like, yeah, yes, yeah, so like those were. I did. I will say those. I pretty quick figured those yeah, out. But the first but the couple clips, you're like, things. wait, what? And then you're like, oh. And then even the there's one guy. Well, well, well I, I it's on the TV. Reason, the Campolo guy for a yeah, while. Mm-hmm. The Tony. Wait, which Tony's one? Son. Tony, Tony Bart, son, yeah. Bart Campolo, yeah. Tony's son. Um, there's for a little while. I mean, it, after a little bit, you're like, all right, it's growing more and more evident of sure, where yeah. he stands. Further but at first, goes, you're like, it, 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 I think and then the, the guy with glasses that mm-hmm. sits on the couch, I can't remember his name, he's yeah. the same way. For, yeah. There was, I think, clearly, there was a purpose. There's three or four of them that it was hard to kind of tell well, where they stood. And, and I think the them. reason for that is because they were trying to show just mm. how easy it is to fall yeah. into this. Yeah. And then the more you unpack it, the more you're like, well, that's just plain out heretical. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But you know, that's how heresy were, they start. They even had both. All of them even had a couple of truths that they agreed with. Sure. From true gospel, yeah. but then there was other stuff that, and, and you're like, so they would agree in in the way they make this documentary. Like they would agree with it, and you're like, okay, so they're they're like of sound. And then like the next clip, you're like, I don't I don't know if they are. You're like, uh, so I don't know. It was done really well. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I'm not sure about the director of the of those documentaries, but the way that it was presented and put together is incredibly done. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it takes it, it really gives the whole story. Yeah. And you can walk away from it truly feeling like you've learned. Yeah, uh, something. There, so. uh, the dude that was of sound. He he he's a lot. He's in it a lot in the second one. The first one, he's in it a few times. Uh, he's got gray hair. He's kind of skinny. His voice—I literally could just sit and listen to him, listen to him talk. He's Paul got, Washer. Yes, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it was. I couldn't remember his name. I was he like, I want to go listen to really all of his sermons. Preacher. Yeah. I just his voice. I was just like, I. Yeah, he's like he's it's great. so. I don't know if what the description is, but like, it's so soothing or like soft yeah, and yeah. like calm. I don't know. It's like yeah, I'm he's like, got it figured out. You know, yeah, ASMR, you know, it's, where people make really, noises in the mics. I feel like he would be good at it. It's really you know? <laughs> interesting how, you know, progressive Christianity, progressive theology is almost becoming the mainstream, mainly because it connects so much with the mainstream secular world. But the issue with that is all throughout the history of the church, you've had heresies arise. You've had you know, Apollinarianism, Arianism, um, Gnosticism, all of these different... Panentheism. Well, that's not that I wasn't just, really a heresy. That's just a well. I just like that word. Yeah. It's not pantheism. It's panentheism. panentheism. Um, but you, you've had all these heresies that have have come up, and they've started within the church. But orthodox, which means original or um, uh, original, would probably be the best way to explain it. What the the foundation of of Routine. true Christianity. Um, was always able to refute it pretty easily because you could, as this heresy grew, it always starts with a small truth. Hmm. And then the person that's building it focuses more on what they want to build yeah. rather than the truth of God, building on the truth of God. And so you, when, when you have people that are steeped in Scripture and steeped in, in, in faith, that they can see that this heresy is growing. The issue today is... I don't think we have enough Christians that are steeped in Scripture, steeped yeah, in faith, steeped in orth- or- orthodoxy, that we can see the growth of heresy happening within this um, progressive Christianity well, movement. Yeah, and of course the whole the whole American gospel you know, points out a lot of different you know the help the 
faith healings, the prosperity gospel. Like it points out a lot of different things, but all of it culminates to kind of a self-centered gospel yeah. instead of a God-centered it gospel. It does, and like today, you know, with the with the push of progression, progressive theology and progressive Christianity, you know, we're we're sitting here um, and watching the culture around us tell us that what we want in life we should have. What yeah. feels good is what we should pursue. Is good, yeah. And then whenever we have the Bible or the authority of Scripture on this side telling us, no, that's not exactly right, you know, progressive, progressive uh, theology and Christianity is right there to say, well, if, if the Bible may not be exactly right, if it's not to be believed, then we can kind of make it and spin it to what we want it. Yeah. And it just, like Garrett said, it lines right up with what our culture is trying to teach us. Yeah. There was two other things. One, a guy that you all may know his name because of your CrossFit um, doing. I don't know. Because like, <laughs> you do CrossFit. The Alec, is Alex Berger? Yeah. he. I didn't realize he was like up there in like the CrossFit. Yeah, he was like their official spokesperson yeah. for, for yeah. a, a long Dude's period of time. He's pretty athletic, I will say that. Um, that story's crazy. Him and his wife, that story's wild, and it's yep. just really powerful. Uh, the other thing was, I've always heard the Rob Bell like stuff, like not like the teaching, but like I've always heard his name been like yeah. thrown around, kind of like, mm-hmm. be careful, you know. But I never really like listened to any of his stuff, or but I was made aware of it in this I remember it's interesting. I mean, and, and as a ten or eleven year old in youth group, yeah, I mean, years he was. Ago, I was to say him, fifteen, um, ten, fifteen years right. ago was huge. And yeah. I remember doing le- lessons from Rob Bell. You know, it was before he kind of went off the deep end. Um, but just thinking back to to the youth group then, and how much he shifted his thinking and his theology yeah. to to what he teaches today is insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so and I think that's what you you get at is. You you start with truth. Yeah. You know every right. heretical person in the early church started. At, yeah. They were bishops. You know they were they grew up. That's at, what they as, say the best the best lies have a little bit of truth in them. But then I, I think the more you have people looking at you and saying, "Man, you really know your stuff." Man, you the more you want to keep producing mm-hmm. this new truth, new and truth. Yeah. Yep. And then you go off the gaining deep end credit on, on your and sit yeah. And say so there was yourself. a there's a common theme with all of those guys, and there was a level of they had a they had an epiphany of their own individual yeah. ideas, and they carried that through with maybe alongside scripture uh, with a couple of verses to help prove their point, but they were out of context or whatever. So, but anyway, uh, moving it, from it shows just to to end it out. It shows how important it is for preachers and teachers yeah. in the church to have humility. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, yeah. because if you don't have that spirit of humility, then you're going to have that desire to impress and yeah. Bucky uh, has a, a following on I the little table. We, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just yeah. agreeing. That's exactly yeah. right. That's yeah. the, that's that's the root of it. Yeah. yeah. On the table Bucky preaches from, he has a few pieces of tape, and I say that he preaches from because I see it when I preach, which is five or six times a year. But on that little table, it's a clear glass table, but he has three little stickers, and the way you sit in the congregation, mm-hmm. you can't even see that they're stickers because you're looking at like the side of the table. Um, one of them specifically always sticks out to me. He says, I'm preaching to an audience of one. Uh, and it's a great reminder that we're not doing it for recognition of Amen. the people in the room. I mean, we, I mean, obviously you're preaching to more than one person. You're trying to yeah. present the gospel to to his people, but you're not looking for credit from them. 
we're doing it for the glory of God uh, and, and His His praise to be uh, lifted up, not not ours. Um, and so as we talk about His glory and His praise, what better way to do it than to jump into Scripture? First John chapter five. Uh, I'm going to start us out. I'll I'll read a little what bit a and then natural segue. You like that? Uh, and then as a host, not smart person, I will turn it over to smart people to talk about the exegesis of this text. So First John chapter five. Uh, verses 1 and following, uh, probably through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, and this is a, uh, uh, he, John talks about this um, in, in his gospel too. He talks about that being chosen by God um, to be uh, a part of the family, essentially, and that uh, this is how we know that we, um, what verse one, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and it was a calling to our belief, not of stature, not of how we are, what family we're born into, but that we are uh, by believing in Jesus the Christ. Uh, so the opening here of of this passage in verse one is one of the. Um, I, I don't think the NIV translates it um, as well as it should be translated. Um, that verse there, where how how does yours translate it? Everyone is born of God. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, is the born of God. Okay. So the the Greek has that as a, a, a passive, um, perfect um, verb. So it should be translated, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And, and the emphasis there, it, it means, it, it's the emphasis on belief there. Um on on your born of God is is inherent upon what you believe um, that you believe that Jesus is the Messiah and and out of this belief comes this quality that is a part of who you are that you've been born of God um, and, and it's something you you might you probably wouldn't really paid much attention to it um, re- either way but the emphasis here is on on the nature of being born of God is an inherent quality of who you are because of your belief, not something that is, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to, it's not actively falling upon you as you believe. It is a part of who you are as a result of your belief. I don't know if if that makes sense. That kind of is is a little bit confusing. But the the reason I bring that up is because all throughout John's gospel, he has been focusing on these these three um, the, these three tests of the Christian, um, and and the Christian is going to be one who is obedient. They're going to be um, one one who who loves. And they're going to be one who has belief. And all throughout his letter, there are different times where he addresses each quality. At the beginning of the letter, 
there is a passage um, where he talks about all three in, in one passage. Um, but here, now that we're getting to the end of the letter, he again talks about all three. So there's different times in each part of the letter where he brings up one individual part of these. But now he's in, in, in these five verses, he's talking about the importance of obeying God's commands, of, of loving God through obeying his commands. And that we do this, we, we obey and we love because we believe. And so it's through these three things, this obedience, this love, this belief, that we do because we've been born of God. And, and I think it's really important to note that because it's really easy for us to look at our faith and say, or to look at someone who's not a believer and say, you have to do this, 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 and this in order to be, to call yourself a Christian. But what John is saying is because we have been born of God, we obey God's commands. Because we have been born of God, we should be loving God through obeying his commands. Because we have been born of God, we should believe without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Son of God. These aren't pre prerequisites to being born of God. These are qualities of who you are because you've been born of God. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Because it's a perfect, um, because the, the word is placed in the in the perfect tense, it's, it's a quality that you are, and out of that quality you do these things. It's not you do these things and receive this gift of being born again. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, to me, I think, you know, from just a layman's st standpoint, whenever I read those verses, it just speaks loudly to me in, in, just, a in just a most basic sense that, look, um, you know, w we don't love because it's a, a command we have to follow, but we love uh, because of, you know, the grace and mercy and the forgiveness that we've received in Christ. And out of that love comes the desire and the want to to honor God's commands. Um, and, you know, I think Tuesday night, or Garrett last week or this week, or whenever our group meets, you know, we, we did the story of Simon the Pharisee and um, the the sinful woman. Mm. And it tells about, you know, those who, those who um, are forgiven much love much, and those who, um, you know, are forgiven little love little. And I think that relates here. Like, whenever we understand what, we are in Christ, when we understand what happened to us, what he did for us, then out of that understanding, love, you know, bubbles up from within us mm. and out. And uh, it's not because of a command or because we're required to do it, but because of what we understood Christ to do for us. And out of that love comes obedience to him and what he has called us to be. Yeah, I think a key there, like you said, is the, um, in verse uh, three, love for God is to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Right. Uh, not that they're a, they're not a task. Like you said, they they come from from within, uh, within our recognition and understanding of Jesus the Christ uh, and his sacrifice and his resurrection and in his replacement uh, of us on that cross and, and of that that penalty of of, of uh, death. Uh, because of sin, uh, it's not a burdensome task. It's not a legalistic checklist of like we have to do this, this, and this. 
in that American gospel. I think it conveys it really well. Uh, it talks about, it actually is relating to the Roman Catholicism view of faith plus works equals salvation, yeah. and it changes that equation to faith equals salvation. And the concept of the Roman Catholicism is our salvation is rooted in the works. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's not the faith so much, but it's rooted in the proof of the faith. Mm-hmm. And then it changes that equation to faith equals salvation plus works, and and the the drawing it shows on the, on the screen is is not the rooting of the works, but the works is the fruit that is born because of the faith that leads to salvation. Uh, and it's very 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 easy to look into scripture and and read that wrong and look at James's sure. reading. I mean, and it's, well, been, say, it's been debated yeah. in church history since yeah. well, think we've about had the how books. We, to read. Well, it's so easy for us to look at our if we have a self centered idea of gospel. Sure. It's so easy for yeah. us as humans, and it says it in that American gospel. I'm quoting a lot because it's really fresh. Like, I literally just finished yeah. it an hour and a half ago. So um, it's really fresh, and he's talking uh, about, well, yeah, of course it's easy for us to have that self-centered. I want people to talk about me. Yeah. I mean, that's the nature of sin. Like, we want to be yeah. praised. And so it's really easy to look at that and go, well, how much can I do or what can I do to receive eternal well, life well, and salvation? And like think, the man who asked Jesus. Think about how, how you've heard the fruit of the Spirit in in Galatians Mm. and the Ten Commandments as you've grown up in church, how you've heard that presented. It's you do these things. um, You you, accomplish them. You accomplish love. You accomplish joy. You accomplish peace. You you do (laughs) kindness and and goodness. And and you obey this law and this law and this law and this law. You do these things, um, and you do them so that you please God. But that's not... What Christ is saying is, you know, first of all, if you belong to the world, you you belong to the law of the world, and the law of the world of the world is sin. It's unrighteousness. It, Paul says, before the fruit of the spirit, if you're filled with the spirit of flesh, not the spirit of God, well, then the spirit that comes from that, the law essentially that comes from the flesh, is is ungodliness. Mm-hmm. It's it's sexual immorality and promiscuity and and drunkenness. It's all of these other things. But when you're filled with the Spirit of God, that's when your actions become different. Yeah. When when belief, when, when, when being born of God is inherently who you are, when it's the passive perfect. And, and I want to emphasize this because I don't, I don't think I made it clear. Like, I'm not saying that, that, that believing in Jesus isn't what makes you become a Christian, because it is. But what John is identifying here is that when you when a being born of God, the the word there that that is translated uh, been born is is the word that means begotten. In the same way that it talks about Christ as the begotten of God, he's saying that when you are the begotten of God through Christ, mm-hmm. when through Christ you are begotten from God, when through Christ you are inherently you have the quality of being God's child, then you're going to do these things. These are going to be a result. You're going to obey him. Mm-hmm. You're going to love him and through love him, loving him, be obedient to him. And you're going to believe that Jesus is God because you know without a shadow of doubt because Jesus' spirit was within you. But we so often use scripture as a way to make sure our our kids know morals. Mm-hmm. Our kids know ethics. That's exactly our our right. kids are good citizens of the yeah. earth. It's 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 pharisaical. It's, yeah, and it, and, and you know, I want my, I I yeah. want our students to be good citizens, but I want them 
to understand that the spirit of the living God is within them. And when he is within them, it just makes them different. Yeah. And that's the point of, of it's a scripture. result. It's a result of the yeah. heart change. Yeah. So as we read on in uh, chapter five, uh, <clears throat> verses six through 12, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. Anyone who believes in the son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. And in that verse 6, um, this there's a quote um, from uh, uh, cited in Boyce. This is the most perplexing passage in the epistle and one of the most perplexing in the New Testament of the concept of he who came by water and blood. And so there's a lot of debate about this, about what specifically is meant by water and blood. Um, so I just yeah, wanted to set I was that trying up. To, um, who, who'd you quote whenever you said that? Uh, Plumber. Yeah. Cited in voice. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually... I mean, I'm on EnduringWord.com Bible Commentary. Yeah. It's not like I just, like... <laughs> I don't a... know this stuff. Sometimes I Google you didn't, stuff. You didn't pull that one from memory. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm reading through right now a, uh, a Tyndale commentary on uh, the letters of John. Yeah, and, and mine and came he from quoted, He quoted Plumber as well, so... Yeah. Uh, my old boy plumber. Uh, there's a lot of different. Uh, this that's with two M's and no B. Um, just for uh, clarification there. Uh, but this is one of. And as I read this, I was like, I got to look up what this means because I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Like it's a deep and clearly there's three different a, interpretations. Yeah, yeah. About some about baptism, some about the spear in the side on the cross. So and, Calvin and Luther interpreted this to mean that it is referencing the the sacraments of baptism yeah, and the communion. sacraments of communion yeah. but that it probably is not the case because if it, if they were if it was referencing the sacrament of ba- of communion there would have been a reference to body um, it wouldn't have been referenced in this way and then augustine and some others take this to 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 be um dis- discussing the the link between the water and blood flowing from Jesus' yep. side on the cross, whenever he yep. was stabbed. Um, but that, again, that that's a pretty narrow view, especially considering that... It's past tense. It came by water and blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what he's trying to reference there, Augustine, is that salvation came through Christ's death. Mm. And so he became... The Christ, the came Christ, water and blood, yeah. through you know his his sacrifice. But wouldn't that challenge part part of the life of Jesus? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's why kind of the best interpretation, or or one of the ones that that makes the most sense. You know, all of them have their their yeah their strengths. So are you trying to say, say that heretical. all of those guys don't know what they're not saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but but Garrett see, is calling out. False prophets <laughs> posthumously, but but you got to think of of the backdrops like Calvin and Luther. Yeah, they came in this Protestant Reformation where they, you know, baptism and 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 
the Eucharist, communion, mm -hmm. was at the forefront of everything. Isn't that a card game? In <laughs> um, Augustine, for him, everything this came, he came this all came in a time when every part of Scripture was read uh, read through an anagulous lens, uh, meaning they were looking for analogies everywhere. Um, everything was um, anecdotal. Um, the the most the convincing or the the one the interpretation that holds the most weight i think is from tertullian mm, and christian tertullian yeah and during word bible commentary bro it has all the answers right here on google.com <laughs> so are you finding it all like is everything i'm yeah. saying right there this is how i read this is I how i do my that. study i just google first nice. john chapter five commentary it's amazing and what that google has can do it, right it pulls I'll give you from, a link to my Lockhouse account. I mean, I feel like I don't need it. I feel like I just pulled everything that you just pulled <laughs> needs, from, from Google. Whenever you first have John 5 Google On the first link, uh, I mean, it pulls a lot of Spurgeon. It pulls a lot of Augustine. I bet you can even translate Greek words on there. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It looked that long, but I bet you could. I bet you can. Um, but anyway, Blue Letter Bible, I think, is another good one that has been... Yeah, touted to me before. It's I, I've used Blue Letter Bible before. I use Logos. Garrett's now big just Logos guy. I, now. Yeah. Do you get? Is I this it. Are, we, are we sponsored <laughs> by Logos? This section sponsored to you, brought to you by Logos. I have a Logos eight, the, just the basic. Oh, I don't have a thousand dollar library or anything yeah. like that. But I do like how you can do the word studies and stuff in there. It's yeah. Super yeah. cool. My library to, is actually probably worth some money because none of the books have been read. So I had to, I had to uh, buy it for school. Fresh. I mean, the spine hadn't even been cracked yet. <laughs> I had to buy it for school um, yeah. for the uh, listen. listen um, I'm acting like he hasn't been dreaming for this. For oh, I was. 50, it I was is so sweet. excited. I mean, it's very. Cool. I had to use. I, I had to have some of these older resources, like um, for some of the research papers I had to do, and then yeah. I got. The Logos Nine upgrade, mm -hmm. the church paid for that for. So yeah. Tertullian's view. On yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so his view, which I again I, thank you for that sponsorship, Logos. Yeah. We appreciate it. Which Shameless makes the most sense. I mean, is is you see the reference of water is in referencing Christ's baptism, and the reference of blood is in referencing his sacrifice, and and these two things kind of bookend his min his ministry. Mm. It's the water is the beginning of. His ministry to the world of of teaching and living and declaring what he was doing, and the blood is the the ministry for eternity, mm. the ministry that that brings people to him. And so, to say he came by water and blood, he came teaching, he came ministering, he came being this light to the yeah. world through his ministry, yeah. but he also came as the conquering savior through his blood. Yeah, I think that's a really good interpretation, or at least makes sense to me um, as someone that's never heard that, because like here in verse six, it says not by water only. Like he didn't just yeah. come teaching. He didn't just come yeah, claiming which, these things. He followed yeah. through. Yeah. But My uh, Enduring Word have... Bible commentary also says that uh, um, it's interesting. It talks about Jesus being baptized he wasn't baptized in repentance for his own sin because he had none. And so when we're yeah. baptized, it's a symbol of that uh, being cleansed. Because And so what it's what it's alluding to is when he, part of the reason he may be saying when he came by water is of him of, of him identifying with sinful humanity. Although he is, was without sin, um, he could be saying in a sense that I am one of you. I am I'm like you. I am human. 
I have... think you're reading the same commentary that I'm reading. Right I'm telling now. you, dude. Y'all, y'all been sleeping on Google. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just telling you, it's right here. EnduringWord.com. EnduringWord.com. Jesus, not a sponsor. In in so many ways, other than the fact that he provides us an atonement that brings us eternal salvation, but but he transformed so much about the world. I mean, for one thing. We keep history, historical dates based off of the life yeah, of Jesus. Sure. Um, for another thing, he he completely changed um, the way the Gentile world interact with religion um, because people began following. But another thing that he did within the Jewish context is up until this point, baptism was for consecration, purification, and repentance. Mm. So you would get baptized. If you were about to embark on a new mission, you would get baptized if you were repenting from something that you did. You would get baptized if you are um, about to get married, purification. You know, all, all of these things are ways baptism was used for. And so when we think of baptism now, we don't think of it necessarily for those things. We think of it for repenting, but we think of it, this is the moment when I participate in Christ's death and resurrection in order to show that I've repented, in order to show that I believe. But here, Jesus was baptized, like you're saying, to be consecrated as he's about to begin his ministry. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah and uh, I think another big thing to, to kind of point out here in this passage is uh, the testimony of God. Um, and he kind of ends this little this little part before his concluding remarks that we're going to get to in a second. Um by saying anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart, and anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is that testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Uh, this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And you see this very God-centered theology. Uh, it's not, you know, like, the the verbiage of it even is, is saying, yeah, we get eternal life, but it's not even about us. It's about the glory being to God. And it keeps surrounding this whole idea of salvation with the glory to God, not so much <clears throat> in, you know, it is a gift to us, and we get to be a part of it, but it's in God uh, giving himself glory through his Son. Yeah, and there's this emphasis on the, on the agreement between... Right. Yeah. Yeah. The spirit between Christ's ministry. So you you have Christ's ministry in the flesh teaching, Christ's ministry and his sacrifice, and Christ's ministry through his spirit, and all three together mm-hmm. are in working so that we might know God. Um, so that we might know God on earth and might know God in eternity. So as we get to the concluding remarks here of our, of our good friend John. 13 verses 13 through 21 wraps us up. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I am not saying that he should pray about that. 
All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, I like how ends with dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Yeah, it's just, uh, there's some people that wonder whether or not we're missing part of the letter. Yeah, it does end, feels like it doesn't end. Well, there's there's no benediction, yeah. there's no Goodbye. farewell address like a normal letter would have. Like in the so second it, it kind letter. kind of like flip-flops, like yeah. in, in Hebrews, the, the what we call the letter to Hebrews, it starts out with a with a greeting, and or it 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 doesn't start out with a greeting, but closes with with one with a farewell, like a letter would. In First John, you have a greeting, but you don't have a farewell. Most people think that the Book of Hebrews was a sermon turned into a letter sent out to different churches, hmm. different specifically <laughs> Jewish-based churches. Um, I th- there's a lot of people that think that we're missing a portion of of the letter of John. Um, but there's this is an important part. I think it's on Enduring Word Bible Commentary. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, it seems probably like find it there. Else I mean, there. I'll Google it later. Yeah. Missing part of John Enduring Word. By, I mean, when it just pops up. I'm like, oh, it's been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, shoot. But there, there, there's an important part in this last section, namely that we see specifically who John is writing to. Like, this isn't just a, 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 a rehash of the gospel. And the gospel was written to people who who didn't know who Jesus was, who didn't know what Jesus had done, who didn't, who really hadn't heard about this incredible um, event that had taken place through Christ. This letter is written, John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. And he's he, to you who have already given yourself, to, to you who, who have committed to this, that you may know that you have eternal life. And, and it's present tense here. It's not that you can receive eternal life, um, that you have eternal life, that, that it's a part of who you are, and, and that through this belief, as he's talked about so much before, that you will be confident in relating to him and growing in him and and seeking him out um, because you know that um, you have an eternal life within you. Uh, you know that that you've been bought and paid for. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, and I like uh, <clears throat> we get a little uh, a little lesson on prayer here from John too. Um, in um, well, mainly verses. Um, 14 through 18-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking about, well, you know, one, uh, he says in 14 that we have a confidence in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is interesting, and then he goes on to talk about this. Uh, I think we frame this backwards often, and we think about if I'm aligned with God, anything I ask for, I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but really saying... Well, whatever God's desire or will is, we should pray in that way. Mm-hmm. Not because it's what we want, because we, but we know it's what God wants. And we see that in the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not about 
what we want and feels like that's right. Like, you know, one of the things I, I think about a lot is asking for healing of, of a person who's sick. Mm-hmm. It may be in God's will, but there's a way we can ask it where it's almost selfish. And then there's a way we can ask it where it's asking for his will to be done. Um, I think it's interesting how, you know, I think prayer is one of those things that is so complex, yet so simple, yet so complex <laughs> in my mind. Uh, I think we do overcomplicate it, but at the same time, I think we miss the purpose of it at times, too. Um, and for me, it's kind of a jumbled mess in my mind. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I, I would agree, you know, with, with, with what you say in there. I, for me, personally... <laughs> You know, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how it's just so easy to fall into this trap of, of making everything about yourself. Yeah. You know, and when we pray, it's very easy for it to just turn into this, um, you know, let's see what God can do for me today Yeah. type deal. But I do think as we move closer into a relationship with the Lord, as we are understanding, you know, His ways more and more and we grow in our faith and, and uh, you know, we commune with Him, we are moved closer our hearts are moved closer to the will yeah. that He has, yeah. and I do think we, be, you know, we become more apt to begin praying for things that do line up with His yeah. will, as opposed to things that we might want, you know, just to increase the, the goodness of our yeah. own lives. I actually preached on this on Tuesday at, at a revival. Did you read from the Enduring Word Bible Commentary in preparation? <laughs> no, I didn't, bro. They've never got so much advertisement. Ever. And yeah. just from this little old podcast. If you're not wearing a shirt next week because they sent Dude, you one, then you did something I'm going to reach out and be like, hey, can y'all Listen check to out this, this podcast? podcast? Yeah. I mean, y'all got the most advertisement you've ever gotten. <laughs> to our hundred listeners. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Hey, but that's a hundred people that but, didn't I know mean, before. All of a sudden, Enduring World's going to be like, dude, our traffic just doubled this week. What happened? <laughs> like, we used to have two people. Now we have... Now we have 102. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> anyway, I, I didn't preach on this text, but I preached on on Acts uh, 24 through 34, um, which is Paul and Silas when they're in prison. And they're in this inner prison, just shackled to the wall. Their feet are in stocks. I mean, they're just, they're not able to move. And they're worshiping God. They're they're praying and, and glorifying God. And we know that they're not in there asking for God to get them out mm-hmm. because the whole foundation shakes. Everything falls apart. Everything opens up, and they don't leave. All the prisoners are listening to them worship and pray, and everything breaks open, and Paul and Silas just stay there, and none of the prisoners leave. And they tell the jailer not to kill himself because they're all still there. And the next day, whenever they're given an out to run away, um, to, 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 to get out of prison— they say no. We're we're going to stay to make sure that you you all do right by us. Um, so that they weren't concerned about the short term. They were concerned about glorifying God, about about praising God, and 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 doing all of this simply because they wanted to do this. It wasn't about what they could receive from from God. It's about what they could give back to God based off of what God had given them in eternity. And I think so often, you know, we face a dark time, we face a difficult circumstance, and it's God, help me, help me, help me, help mm-hmm. me. Instead, God, thank you for loving me. God, I glorify you. God, you are awesome. You are mighty. We only focus on the short term instead of the long term. Yeah. And as believers, what John is showing us here is he's given us eternity 
um, we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. And, and part of that statement is that our prayer is simply a connection with us and God. Yeah, I think about the American Gospel clip where the family, I think it's Russell Berger. I think I said yes, Alex. I think it's Russell it Berger. Russell him Berger. and his wife. I can't, I'm not, I mean, it would take me another 30 minutes to explain all the hardships she's been through physically. Um, but all of these different illnesses and genetic disorders and, and cancer and sicknesses and all of these different things that she's dealt with, and all of those things, they're long story short, led them to Christ. All of those hardships led them to the true gospel and to who Jesus truly was. And there's a moment in the second uh, documentary episode of um, American Gospel where Russell Berger, in like one of his interviews, was like, if I had it to do over again, I would not change a single struggle we went through yeah. because through those I was able to recognize who God was. And so we we might think from a human perspective how much in, those, in that situation of sickness we would pray for the healing mm-hmm. rather than the glorification of God through the sickness. And I think that's where that's kind of what I was getting to earlier in that in that passage. We're talking about aligning with God's desires. God doesn't promise us right. health on earth and, or, and, or an easy life, yeah. but he does promise us that through him, as he closes this letter in First John, through Jesus and through the Messiah, we're made perfect uh, in, in the new heaven and new earth. And so we are are fixed and, and I think complete. if we look at, at that through that lens and if if our <laughs> if our lens is too narrowly focused if we're not seeing the big picture like Garrett was talking about um, it, it's it's very easy to 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 miss you know what, what God might have for your life yeah even through the struggles and the difficulties I heard Tim Keller one time in, in a quote say that he believes you know, and this might be a whole topic for another day, but I heard him say once in a quote that he believes that if we knew everything God knows, if we could see the big picture like God sees it, then everything that happens to us, we would be okay with it. Yeah. And it's uh, it's like, you know, I think American Gospel paints it as like looking at the back of a tapestry. Like we see the little bitty, uh, you know, we see a, a thread here and a thread mm-hmm. there, and it looks like chaotic mess. But on the other side, it's this big, beautiful oh, picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just, on this side of eternity, we're never going to see that. Yeah. But we have to keep this big, broad view of what God right. is doing in and through the world and, that's and us as vessels to help make our, you know, help help bring the kingdom about here on earth. That's I've, where we trust in the sovereign yeah, God. that's right. Yeah. And, and one, you know. And, and surrender to his control, and, and that takes humility. It does. And, and it's Certainly. difficult. I've, I've called it looking out, looking at a people in a hotel door. I think I, that, I think you found that on Enduring Word. <laughs> no, I didn't. I came up with that myself. That's actually, I see where you're going yeah, with you're that. You're looking though. at people great... into a hallway yeah. on a hotel floor with infinite amount of rooms, and you're trying to see the outside of the hotel. It's a, that, that's way to look how at it. we perceive It's all narrowly things. focused. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, for sure. I can and, tell you where I thought of that. And I was while passing, Googling Enduring Word. Back. I was passing the volunteer fire department on 127 when I thought about that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So you were Googling and driving? That doesn't yeah, seem no. safe. Enduring Word will be reaching out soon to include it. About it so. Yeah, In they're the going to be like, hey, do you mind if we quote you on this? <laughs> uh, and so that's how, how John closes. We know also, this is verses 20 and 21, we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. And so, uh, and then 21, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Um so as we kind of close this First John letter, uh, epistle, whatever its purpose was, as we kind of talked about in week one, um, we uh, 
you, you need to know that that truth is, is what needs to remain in our hearts and in our minds, is that we are in him who is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life if we believe and proclaim and confess that Jesus is Lord. Um, and so we've had a good time walking through First John, and we'll uh, uh, look forward to being back with you next week. We don't know who's going to be on the podcast right now, <laughs> but we are excited for it. We might have, we might have to have a four-man podcast yeah. uh, next time if Dustin's not farming. Hey, or golfing. <laughs> we're golfing. I mean, it's great golfing hey, weather these hey, days. We're getting there. We're yeah, getting we're a really good golfing weather. Going to the dark scramble tomorrow. I'm going to the dark scramble. Micah's going to light it up. Cold I'm going to get lost. Oh, jeez. That was bad. We should, I might cut that. <laughs> what? He cut said what? Micah's going to light it up because it's a glow I, I in the dark like that was scramble. Pretty good one. Man, I tell you what, <laughs> I feel like that was a that was a dad that was joke. A dad joke. <laughs> that was, that's for you now. You, yeah, you're the. I feel like I walked here. right into that. I feel like I should have known that that was coming, you and should've. I didn't. So I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You always impressed us, and we enjoy having Thanks, you. Thanks, man. So, Appreciate uh, it. Thank you guys for having me again. I always yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, enjoy listening to your guys' thoughts and and. Uh, Mine mostly come from enduring. <laughs> 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 If they don't send you a shirt, I'm telling you, I'm right telling you if you're not wearing a shirt I'm next send, week, I'm emailing them a you've link. You've done something wrong. I bet they have some sort of like help us learn more about something. I'm going to be like, hey, you need to check out the Hunt Podcast. This dude touts you for like 47 <laughs> minutes straight. <laughs> he wants some merch. Um, now, we appreciate you listeners. Uh, hopefully, you learned more about who God uh, says he is and who God is uh, and how he's revealed to us through the first letter of John. And so... Uh, we're happy to have had you listen with us today and be with us and hang out. Uh, make sure to leave us a review. Um, Dustin's on today, so be nice and make sure that you give us five stars and put in the comments of that review. It's all because of Dustin. <laughs> uh, and if it was just me and Garrett, it would have been like three and a half. Um, and so uh, looking forward to reading those and let us know what you think, uh, what you want to hear more of. Hopefully that involves scripture, uh, and then maybe some home moments that you want us to share over over the podcasting airwaves. So we love you guys. We appreciate you, and Jesus loves you as well. Let's pray. Dear God, thank for this day. Thank for this time that we are able to spend together in conversation of over your word, God. And just these moments are so precious to me, God, as I know uh, they are to Garrett and Dustin and, and to our listeners as well, and that we just get to discuss your word, God, talk about the truth, the meaning behind um, you sending Jesus, uh, Jesus being willing to, to come to earth and, and to uh, be uh, the God-man, God, and to, to live out the life of a human, God, to be uh, come by water and by blood and, and to be a human, but also to be divine in nature and, uh, and for his death to allow us to be reunited with you, God, and, and justified freely by your grace. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.